Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. It's the last Black History Month episode, and we're talking cartoons created by some of the biggest stars in the world. We'll talk the PJs, created by Eddie Murphy, Friday, the animated series, which is, of course, based on the Friday movie franchise, and we talk Fillmore. So, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever, but with a new mic this time, it's producer Paul. <laughs> How's it going? I'm all right. I mean, you, you're switching it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying something different. I'm not sure if it's going to work, but we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I, I, listeners, I believe in full transparency. So uh, normally we use mics, but uh, producer Paul texts me in the morning saying that he might want to switch it up. So uh... Yeah, I'm testing something. But um, to be honest, test not off to a good start, but I'm going on board. I mean, I can hear you. I'm sure listeners can hear you. So uh... Well, that's a plus, isn't it? I mean, we're already, we're already there. Yeah, we should uh, we should be all right. And uh, yeah, without without further ado, I think we're gonna have to kick off the the last episode of the uh, the Black History Month um, Black History Month month of like shows we're doing. I don't know. I, I think I think I think I think I think this week might not be as strong as some of the other stuff that we've done already. But I think that's fair. But it's not. Um... Certainly wasn't a bad week. I enjoyed one out of the three quite a lot, and then yeah, two out of three were a little bit mediocre. I think is a good word. So, the, so, the, so, the, so I'm guessing you like the stop motion one out of all of the others. <laughs> yeah, you got me. Yeah. Giveaway, giveaway, giveaway. But um, yeah, I, I mean, look, it, I, I mean, I'll get out of the gate. I don't think these three shows are anywhere near as good as some of the stuff that we've done this month, but. Hey, it's like, like you said, it's it's not it's not awful. It's not the worst in the world. But uh, yeah, let's 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 get right into it. We're gonna start with the uh, the stop motion one, the PJs, and uh, this came out in uh, January 1999. And some of the things happening in the world: the euro currency is established, and the European Central Bank assumes its full powers. The Mars Polar Lander is launched by NASA. The China News Service announces new government restrictions on internet use aimed especially at internet cafes. The Sixth Sense was in the cinemas. And Gimme Some More by Buster Rhymes was in the charts. Buster Rhymes is awesome. One of the best to ever do it, in my opinion. The PJs now. So uh, this was a American animated adult cartoon stop motion, black sitcom, all of those things, created by Eddie Murphy, Larry Wilmore, and Steve Tompkins. It portrayed life in an urban public housing project modeled after the Cabrini housing projects in Chicago. The series starred Eddie Murphy and was produced by Imagine Entertainment by Ron Howard and Brian Glazer, the Murphy Company and Will Vinton Studios in association with Touchstone Television marking the show as Disney's first adult animated series. And 44 episodes aired during the show's run of two years. Each took over two months to produce, owing to the laborious stop-motion process. While co-creator Eddie Murphy is credited as the voice of Thurgood Stubbs on every episode, actor Phil Morris says that in some episodes, he provided the voice of Thurgood. According to Morris, 
Murphy did not want to show up on some days to record the voice of Thurgood Stubbs, so the producers hired Morris to record Thurgood's lines, where he worked in separate booths from the other actors, allowing the producers to replace Morris's recordings with Murphy's voice in case Murphy decided he wanted to record his dialogue. The PJs won three Emmy Awards and one Annie Award during its run. Quincy Jones's son, QD3, along with George Clinton, produced a theme song for the show. Some of the characters, there's obviously Thurgood Orenthal Stubbs, also known as the Super or Simply Super. He's a superintendent of the Hilton Jacob projects and the main protagonist. Thurgood is short-tempered, impatient, not very bright, and suffers from a variety of health issues. Muriel Stubbs, who's Thurgood's wife and the show's voice of reason. She wears a pink sweatsuit with the word Paris on it, which she got on a trip to Paris with Don King and pastel pink shoes. Florence Normandy Avery is a senior citizen who bullies Thurgood throughout the series. She, like the other tenants, hates him with a passion because he never fixes her rundown apartment. Calvin and Juicy, they're two children who are best friends and idolize Thurgood. Calvin is thin and intelligent, while Juicy is overweight and slow-witted, where he has Calvin and Thurgood as a surrogate family due to his parents being shut-ins. And Smokey, who's the homeless crackhead, who's often, whose antics often anger Thurgood, and his real name is Elista. So, the PJs. So I knew about the PJs. I, I thought it was just animation. I didn't realise it was stop motion. So I was like quite surprised to um i actually checked to see if it had been redone because i was like i'm sure because but in my head i had like harold out of um hey arnold in my head yeah it was a bit weird to, to look at it and i didn't realize that pj's was like the project i was learning but yeah i thought it was quite funny weird to, to hear that eddie murphy just decided he didn't want to turn up on one day of the recording you know all these people are you know working away paying their bills and he just yeah, do you remember when we were talking about Muhammad Ali and all the amazing things that he did, but the cartoon wasn't one of them? That's exactly how I feel about the PJs. Eddie Murphy has done some amazing things. This was not one of them. And the proof is in the pudding because he couldn't even be asked to show up and do his job. Well, that being said, though, I did enjoy it. I watched this first out of the three, so I enjoyed it nonetheless. I mean, yeah, it had it had some funny moments. It had some, obviously, it's, if it's Eddie Murphy, then it's bound to be funny and it's going to be. But, um, yeah, it's one of those, Eddie Murphy has done a lot of amazing things. He's done a lot of amazing movies. But this, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this, if this is going to count on his, like, list of, like, amazing things that he did. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, this, 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 it was okay at best. It was, it was as, it was what the kids would say, mid. I'd say it's all right, man. Like, I'd, say, I'd say this whole week was mid. I think, look, we've had like three, what, three stellar weeks? Uh, yeah, yeah. All, all, all the other shows were, 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 were pretty damn good and then and this came along. Yeah, I think it's difficult to continue on an upward trajectory. Yeah, we got to talk about Eddie Murphy a little bit and uh, all of the cool, amazing films that he's done. But Dr. Before I ask you, Before I ask you, Dr. Doolittle wouldn't even make my top 10 Eddie Murphy films. Now, before I ask you about your favorite Eddie Murphy films, I just want to check one thing with you. You've not seen Trading Places, have you? No. You've not seen Coming to America, have you? No. But I did think about that when I when I oh, when, well, when I saw I mean, Eddie Murphy's name in the credits, I was like, uh oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if 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 I can really ask you 
for a top Eddie Murphy list of films because if you haven't got Trading Places and if you haven't got Coming to America, which by all accounts are his two best films, then... Beverly Hills Cop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 very Beverly Hills Cop two, Beverly Hills Cop three. Hell no, Beverly Hills Cop three. That's never gonna make anybody's top list of films. Not even this, even the second one to an extent. I'm just trying to name films I've seen in here. Night Professor. Well, yeah, Night Professor. Night Professor two. I'm guessing. Night Professor two. Doctor Doolittle. I'm not being funny, but Doctor Doolittle is a great, great film. Yeah, come on. Dream Girls is an underrated film. I thought he was excellent as Jimmy Early in Dreamgirls. Oh, Dolomite is my name. That is a very good film. The one that he released recently on Netflix. That is a, a very good film. Eddie Murphy was great in that. Came back into form with that one for me. If you're talking top Eddie Murphy films, then yeah, it's got to be Trading Places, Beverly Hills Cop, Coming to America, Night Professor, Dolomite is my name. And Dream Girls for me. Oh, there's, but there's probably so much more I can't even think of. Yeah, I might have to check an IMDb just to just to refresh my memory. But but yeah, those are the ones that I've named are the ones that really matter. To be honest with you, Doctor Doolittle, Beverly Hill Cop Three. I don't know, man. Come on, Doctor Doolittle is a good movie. Like it's one of those movies you can sit down and you can just watch it. It's like it's I a lot wasn't of fun. crazy about Doctor Doolittle. I don't know. This is like Rodney. His, I mean, his what, about, what, what about Norbit? That's a, that's another that's another pretty bad Eddie Murphy film. Did be enjoying that, Professor? Though. Yeah, no, no, Norbit is not good. Okay, there you go. He's, uh, Eddie Murphy can make bad films, but yeah, Nor, Norbit was definitely one of them. He dated Mel B once upon a time. Really, from the Spice yeah. Girls. Yeah, I think he even had a kid with her. Wow, I yeah, had no yeah, idea. He, yeah, he 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 dated a Spice Girl. Now uh, let's go into episodes. Right, so I watched two. One, which I think is the pilot, or the, at least the first episode. And Hanging with Mr. Super. So it's where you see Fergus goes out for a power walk because he gets told that he's not allowed chicklets for breakfast. Don't know what they are, unless he has his power walks. And he, he's got his mate Sanchez there, who's got like a voice box. And then um, they see Calvin and Juicy playing hooky from school. They're going into a movie, going into Goodwill Hunting, which is a, I have seen that, and that's a great movie. Uh, they kicked out. They got kicked out for not shouting at the screen, which I thought was quite funny. Oh, what is it with um, people around here as well coming in late to a movie? That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. By the way, I've been late to a movie a couple of times. It's the weirdest. Like well, in like back when you know when I come from from the countryside. I'm not joking. Once, if you're not in before like the the the, the, the actual commercials, you're late. From the cinema, right? And no one comes in after that. No one. And I was it was it ah oh, was, was it when you and I went to see um Black Panther and those people came in like 45 minutes into yeah. the film. I mean, <laughs> damn, you don't miss the whole film. <laughs> I was like, what? What have you? Anyway, um, so they get shouted up and not shouting at the screen. They're at the um uh, all the all the guys are kind of at the dinner table trying to like figure out what's what's going on next. And Walter is a parole officer. And then he goes, well, let's try and figure out where they're going to go next. And he goes, well, he ain't going half of it, that's for sure. <laughs> and then so Juicy and Calvin are out again. Um, adults are trying to come up with a plan. Jimmy's got this, like, camo stuff. But, and he's like, oh, you, can you need to 
uh, change into something to blend in a bit more. And then he's like, I am blending and watch this. And he stands up against a graffiti and he like disappears. So what comes into Juicy, comes up to Juicy and he's like, offers them sweets and, and cinema tickets. And so they both run off. And uh, then the homeless guy, I've forgotten what you said his name was. So he puts Fergus into the trolley. They give chase. They convince him that, Oh, so basically, they they said, "Oh, yeah, we that wasn't us at the the, the cinema." And he's like, "Oh, he must have been thinking." And, he, and Fergus kind of like doubting himself, and then he says to Juicy about his um, he goes, "Oh, I found your uh, your sign." He's wearing a sign saying, "Please do not feed." And he says, "I saw it in the uh, um, the cinema." And he goes, "Oh, well, I wasn't wearing that whilst I went to the movies yesterday." And he's like, "Ah, I've got you," kind of thing. Their punishment is to paint the wall graffiti over it, and then they paint over a mural of Dr. King and. Then the graffiti comes back, it kind of bleeds through and they have to come back tomorrow. And his wife, Muriel, as he's he's a superintendent of the building, this is where I've written down his actual name and stuff like that. So he's like uh, trying to fix this lady's toilet and then he's like, I'll put goat's head and, and paper towels that, around it. And he goes, I told you, no paper towels. So we don't care about a goat's head going down. And he's like, no paper towels. So Calvin likes to soup his job and he takes his tool belt. He goes, he's like, I need you to clean the, the, the vent upstairs and then... Uh, in it, it's like a present tool belt for Calvin. Uh, Calvin's parents call later on because they don't want him to be a super. They don't want him to be super, like worse. So they try to deglamorize the job so Calvin no longer wants to be the super. Uh, Calvin comes in. They try to come up with problems so he doesn't want to do the job. Thoroughgood's uh, feelings get hurt. Calvin doesn't want to be a super, but no, <laughs> now neither does Thoroughgood. Muriel plays the cheer up song. Um, I, I, I guessed it was James Brown. Um, but he's still sad and then Calvin fails to help him get out of his chair he goes to the roof and breaks all the aerials uh, but in doing so he kind of nearly falls off the roof he's kind of hanging by one of the TV aerial cables so he goes to the roof sees Calvin and he and he has to cause like an F5 tornado in the toilet and um, then to fix it he kind of jiggles the handle yeah then he's happy and he's singing James Brown series 3 episode 10 was my next one I went all. The, I watched the episode from season two, and it's called the Jeffersons. So basically, they're having a tenants meeting. They're all getting cranky because Thurgood is rubbish at his job, and Calvin is at the meeting and he's saying that everybody should donate books to the school library because the local library has been closed. And then obviously, someone makes a point about there's nothing more dangerous than a black man reading, and that's why they want to close all the libraries in the hood. And then obviously they're all donating books. Thurgood wants to donate his family Bible, but Muriel doesn't want him to do that. And then she tells him that in the book, there's something in there that tells him that he's related to Thomas Jefferson. And because Thomas Jefferson had a slave and that slave had a baby and down the line, Thurgood is in the, the family line. And so he starts to dress up like Jefferson. He makes a, a declaration and he's trying to make the most of his relation to Jefferson. And obviously he inspires Florence to clean up her own toilet. Cause it's like, you don't want the man doing everything for you. We fought slavery. We fought this, you know, clean your own toilet. Yeah. Getting everyone all hyped. And so he's hiring people to help run his campaign. And he hires a spin doctor to stop people saying that his finances are quote unquote niggardly. And obviously he's like, what do you mean my finances are niggardly? What is that even supposed to mean? And so he's getting an image guy, a speech guy. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to run a three-quarter ass campaign. And I'm going to do a new dealio instead of a, a new deal. So obviously, if you know American history, 
in the 1930s, the president issued a new deal, which was kind of like a, a way to get America back on its feet after the uh, Depression in 1929. And so his new dealio is like, I'm going to build new like libraries. I'm going to build a hospital, all of those things. Then Thurgood gets kidnapped by someone who wants him to win. And he's like, oh, he's he's ensuring his victory by taking care of his campaign. He gives him a drink and he gets knocked out and comes back after three days. And then it's election night and Thurgood wins by a landslide. It's the first day of the office and he gets a call from the guy who helped him win. And he has to put more liquor stores instead of building schools or else there's going to be like bad revealing pictures coming out. And so he's trying to convince people about having a new liquor stores. So he's like, instead of a new school, why don't we just build a liquor store? You can get all the liquor in the world. And obviously they all think he's a loser. The bad guys want Thurgood to vote against the library bond for more liquor stores. But he says no, and he doesn't care about the blackmail. And Thurgood is planning to fake his own death so that he can keep the bad guys away. He does a big speech. Everything's going wrong. But they managed to make it work and he decides not to be Thurgood Jefferson anymore and he wants to just be Thurgood Stubbs. So uh season three, episode ten. Right, so this I was basically just like scrolling through to try and find a title that caught my eyes, but I, I went with a race to his credit. Oh, I watched that one too. This was a real good episode. Um I, I did like this episode actually. There's a line in it that I was like I was I was I was creasing up on this one. So um so Thurgood's watching uh, TV, stuck on BTV watches an advert, needs BTV extra smooth, but he needs like a satellite dish. So he has to raise some cash and he goes, He'll have a garage sale, but I don't have a garage, I need a yard sale, but I don't have a yard. So then he's but he's got everything he needs for a flea market. So he's got roots, he's got roots action figure with Kunta Kinte's like um uh, removable foot. Tamira's not happy with the things he's selling because he's selling like their wedding photos and his grandma and the grandma's blanket that she hand stitched. So, <laughs> so there's a thing about them having like all having bad credit, right? And then he goes, Oh, you've been pre-approved for an African American express card. That was uh, one thing that got me. And he said he wants to be the first man in the projects with plastic. So they go and then so they, he gets it. They go have chicken and waffles after church. No one is used to being at church. I'm not sure why I've written that. So he's going a bit crazy with the cards, kind of spending money everywhere. He bought Juicy and Calvin scooters, gets Miro a knockoff Gucci bag, but it's not a knockoff, knockoff Gucci bag. It's just a knockoff. Um, so then he gives Miro a card so that she can spend what she wants. He gets the satellite dish. And then um, this girl showing Miro how to shop online. And then Miro gets him a present, right? This is what made me almost like, Crease up laughing. He get he gets Malcolm X versus Martin Luther King Rock'em Sock'em Robots, the Civil Rights Edition, and I was like, I was gone. <laughs> this. Uh, then Bill comes. Oh, and, and, she's go, and she's doing online shopping by going on pink shirts that say Paris.com. Yeah, because that's what she she goes. What do you wear? I don't know. I just wear the shirts like with pink shirts that say Paris on it. So then, yeah, they're going to that's a very specific website. So Bill comes and they're over the credit credit limit. They have to scrimp and scrape for minimum payment. Calvin and Juicy want more stuff. Everyone kind of wants something. Now, because they've got credit, everyone wants to give them credit cards. And then, so they get loads of cards. And then it goes, you get lots of cards. And then this one you can only use when you absolutely have to. This is the race card. Uh, again, <laughs> I was laughing at that as well. So they get loads more credit cards on revolving credit. They have to pay off. They have a party to celebrate paying off their first credit card. 
the, the power gets cut off and now they get summoned and have to repo everything. So he has to do another job, but so does Muriel. Lots of jobs, medical experiments. So what was in bed? What was in bed of his wife? And then he kind of like wakes up and he's on the um, medical table. <laughs> yeah, so like, kind of Calvin nicks the TV for get, gang initiation. Anyway, so he's neglecting everyone. So he goes to Muriel. He's working in the waffle shop. And he says he'll sell all this stuff. But then like no one in the project has any money to buy the stuff. The police officer comes up and goes, you better show me receipts for all this stuff. And then he um, goes, oh, not, hardly anyone ever has the receipts. So he still doesn't have enough money. Then these kind of two two guys come around and they see the wife's coat and they buy they buy it for $8,000. And then on TV, they, sell, they see these guys and they sell the quick quilt for like $65,000. And then he wants, then he watches the show they wanted to watch at the start. And that's the end. A good show, actually. Uh, not a good show, but like it was a good episode. An episode I uh, liked, and uh, yeah, that's 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 my lot for this show. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed it, man. It was um, pretty cool. That episode as well. Like, I, like I said, it's like two or three times I was laughing in that episode. The Rock'em Suck'em toys was yeah. I, I did yeah. That was funny. Right. Okay. I am I am about ready to move on. Next up, Fillmore, and this show came out in September. 2002 and some of the things happening in the world tim montgomery of the united states broke the world record in the 100 meter dash at the iaaf grand prix final running 9.78 seconds to beat the former record of 9.79 set by maurice green before a u.s congressional panel doris roberts testifies that age discrimination is prevalent in hollywood timor leste or east timor joins the United Nations, Sweet Home Alabama was in the cinemas, and Dynamite T by Miss Dynamite was in the charts. Yeah, this is one of the most irritating songs in the entire world. Oh, Straight don't say up. That. Don't nah, say man. That. I like Miss Dynamite. I've met her as well. She was lovely. Yeah, I mean, that's great, but this song is, that song's irritating. That, it's not that up. irritating. It's fine. I mean... It is catchy as hell, and it made it onto FIFA 2003. So, seven days a week also made it onto um, FIFA 2003. For this, no, that's FIFA 2005. Sorry, seven days a week. Yeah, by the sounds. Okay, no, I, I, I don't. Yeah, no, no, no. Might be too white for me then. Oh, it was literally the whitest thing ever. <laughs> I've never heard it. <laughs> No, yeah, you leave Miss Dynamite alone. She was lovely when I met her as well. So, oh, that's good uh, to know, man. Yeah. And her brother is Akala, so... Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. But you know who Akala is, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they are brother and sister. Nice. Yes, it is, it is. Um, Where did you meet Miss Dynamite? I met her at the Camden Roundhouse in 2000 and... 11 i want to say wow that's pretty cool man she was lovely shout out to miss dynamite dynamite Fillmore now so this was a american animated tv series created by scott gimple and later toon disney it's a parody of popular police dramas of the 1970s Fillmore is centered on reform the juvenile delinquent cornelius Fillmore and his new partner ingrid third and members of the safety patrol at X Middle School. The series was aimed at children, but also skewed an older audience with its 70s references. 12-year-old Cornelius 
is a juvenile delinquent with a record and he was caught raiding the school's new chalk shipment and he was arrested and given a choice by the safety patrol officer who caught him either help him solve another case or spend the rest of middle school in detention Fillmore decided to help out and he eventually decided to join up with the safety patrol the show is based around him and his partner Ingrid and the school is located in the suburbs of St. Paul in Minnesota the show's format parodies that of hardboard police dramas, and it's actively more involved in student behavior than a typical school safety patrol, and officers seem to spend more time patrolling than actually attending class, although they can be seen attending at times. And as part of the safety patrol, they solve crime and mysteries. The series usually presents child-friendly versions of common crimes, such as stolen scooters, smuggling tartar sauce, holding illegal frog races and counterfeiting collector cards. The theme song for the show was written and performed by filk band Ukula the Mock. It appears on their album Super Secret as the intro to the song That's Uba Tuba or The Mystery of Mr. P. The announcer of the series was voiceover actor Don Lafontaine, best known for his catchphrase, In a world. The characters, so yeah, Cornelius C. Fillmore, and he's an African-American seventh grader and the main protagonist of the series. There's Ingrid Third, and she is Fillmore's goth best friend and partner on the safety patrol. And before her arrival at the school, she was sent to a reform school in Nepal for an incident involving a stink bomb and a piñata. Ingrid, another former delinquent and certified genius, and she has good photographic memory and she arrives at the school and partners with Fillmore after he helped clear her name in Ingrid Third, public enemy number one. And Horatio Vallejo, who's the Mexican-American junior commissioner of the safety patrol and Fillmore's immediate superior. So, Fillmore. Uh, that's another uh, show I'd never even heard of, to be honest. Um... I mean, it was quite Scooby-Doo-esque, wasn't it? Apart from with, like, less funny bits in it. Yeah, this show was pretty mid, again. I don't know, there, there was parts of it where I thought, I, I like this, I can I can really get behind it. I, I did enjoy the, um, the whodunit bit of it. I thought that was done quite well. I liked also that you can actually work out who did it as well. I liked that, rather than it. Do you know, like, in, like, some of the more modern... Done it, they don't show you the enough information to actually guess, and it's annoying. Yeah, like yeah, the new Sherlock Holmes ones, for example, that, that were so annoying. Do you know, like the not new ones, but I mean, like, uh, was it Benedict Cumberbatch ones? Oh, BA, they were great. No, but, but at the end, they would show you shots that you didn't you didn't see in the whole way through, so there's no way I like you could that. Like, nah, man, it's just well, why would you not um, want to see that? I did like how they would reveal stuff to you, though. I think it's important because me, I want to know everything. I want to know the, the process, the secrets, everything. Tell me all. Tell me it all. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like that. I'd, I'd prefer if, they, if you could just get it whilst you're watching it. No, I mean, I want. I want the magician to tell me how he pulled the rabbit out of the hat, how he was in one place and went to another. I want to know it all. Tell me everything. So uh, I did. I did like that aspect of it um 
yeah, I mean, you know what? You know what? There's it's it's crazy with this week that like, there isn't a great. I didn't have a strong opinion on any of the shows this week. But it wasn't like I didn't think it was horrible or bad. I just don't have a strong opinion, and I think Fillmore was just any old cartoon that I every chance I probably would not have watched this growing up. Even if I did see it on TV, I would switch on, or I'll just sit there and just kind of have it on in the background and wait until the the next program comes on. But that's not to say it was awful, but it wasn't. It didn't, it didn't knock me off my feet like others would. So. Uh, Let's get to episodes. And the pilot was Tamara Stall. And uh, Randall Julian apparently was a parody of Dr. Hannibal Lecter. And the episode shares many similarities with that. And obviously the parodied crimes was vandalism slash serial killer. So there's a woman open in the bathroom and Robin is doing some talk. And she's basically, um, the, she's the one who's been kind of campaigning for new bathrooms. Uh, and someone's vandalized it, someone called Stainless. Now, Fillmore comes along with Ingrid and the ginger guy, and they're trying to figure out Oberol, 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 I don't know what his name is. And then they, and they go and see Randall, the vandal. His name is Randall Julian. He's the tagger. He used to be a model student, and he kind of turned bad. They go and see him. He's serving indefinite detention. They ask him. He notes that the tagger is right from right to left. Um uh, and then it literally straight away I said to bet the girl is I bet the tagger is Robin. Yeah, I, I, I guessed it was her as well. And then so they're quizzing some people. Stainless has a red hand on their wrist, Ingram fires one pen had a leak. They catch someone but they just want attention. Um Stainless is left handed and they go and see Junior um Julian. So Julian's got a got a third in a in a art competition, that's why he went crazy in the first place. They go to catch someone in the bathroom, but it isn't them. They go to the boys, and Stainless is on the loose. They are on Robin's case now. They confront her, and she runs off. They catch her with one of the with um, the, the guy's fishing rod, who he's been waiting for all episode. And Randall is in the teacher's bathroom. Fillmore finds him and talks him down. And that's the end of episode one. Next episode, I watched the series two, episode thirteen. I watched an episode called "A Forgotten Yesterday," which was the series one finale. And there's a student council rep, and he's not happy with Fillmore and the way he investigates. And turns out that he has a history with Fillmore, and he wants to kind of like get him off the case by any means necessary. They find out that Fillmore finds that his bike has been destroyed, and it appears that someone is after him. Horatio decides to take him off the case, and Ingrid wants to meet the people that Fillmore caught, because obviously they're thinking if it's all the people that you caught, one of them might be going after you. And obviously, Fillmore has a criminal past, and so he has to kind of um, figure that out as well. They're speaking to someone called Sonny, and Sonny and Fillmore used to be friends, and they used to be criminals together. And he's saying that Cornelius, or Fillmore, has a lot of enemies, and he refuses to help. But Fillmore says, you know what, you owe me, and Sonny gives him a name. They're speaking to someone called Rudy who's like a, a chef, and he's like, look, you're coming here, you ain't got no evidence, I'm not going to help you. And then Sonny decides to help Cornelius. Then uh, again, the student rep guy is giving them a hard time, but they still ignore him, and they decide to investigate Rudy. And Fillmore gets away just in time because he breaks into his like place where he stays. And... There's someone that's accusing Fillmore of handing out fake hall passes. Horatio doesn't buy it, 
but the student rep was like, look, I'm going to go to the headmaster about this. And Fillmore gets suspended from investigating. They're trying to get the ledger, Rudy's ledger, which basically will have all of the evidence. And Sonny's saying that that's what I need. And it turns out, uh, yeah, Sonny and Fillmore are planning to get the ledger back from Rudy. Fillmore gets it and he gets away. Then Sonny betrays Fillmore and used him all along. And Fillmore records him basically saying all of the bad things that he's done because he had his phone on and he had all the student rep people listening to it. And then Fillmore catches him and the safety patrol go after him and they catch Sonny and Fillmore realizes that Ingrid was his best partner and not Sonny, his old friend. Because obviously his old friend's like, look, we can be friends just like old times, but obviously it was a, a trick. And yeah, that was, uh, that was that one. Right, so my last one was uh, Field Trip of Just, where... I watched that um, too. We watched the same ones again. Yeah, so the bully takes some uh, people's pictures who they bully. A girl comes with a toothpick. She, want, she wants Eric Orb, and she's called Alexandria. In the science lab, Eric's killed a spider, or you think he has. He's a resident bad boy, but maybe there's more to it. Eric isn't speaking to anyone because he's caused the ruckus to try to escape. Artist man has icing horse that made me laugh um eric managed to escape fillmore gets an all-day pass to go out of school ingrid days fillmore tracks um to a th thrift store everyone thinks eric is bad and did it truant officer gets him fillmore escapes because he sees eric um the good girl alexandra says he's innocent and they want uh one shutting him up eric's on his way to the animal hospital where they're keeping the spider and it's not like it's not dead the goat eats Fillmore's pass, then he gets caught again by the truant officer. The pass checks out, but is now gone. He runs off and gets chased by the officer. The ginger guy comes and is annoyed because Eric is fancied by Alexandria. Fillmore finds the offending chemical. Officer Langley finds Eric. Fillmore finds it. Now Eric and Fillmore working together to find out who did it. Uh, Ingrid, uh, Ingrid goes to speak to the science teacher. He says he gets detention on purpose so he can look after animals. Um, Eric gives Fillmore the slip. Uh, Alexandria poisoned a spider. He's lying because she thinks he wants to. He doesn't want to look after it. Um, he's lying about the about the um, A pluses because the bullies are his only friends. Then she runs off. Everyone comes clean, and Eric's end up true to in the bullies, and they're fine with him being a uh, an A A plus student. Um, yeah, this was actually a pretty good episode. I thought. Yeah, it wasn't a bad episode. To be fair, I enjoyed it. No, yeah, I, I did like the, 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 the back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with it. Yeah, yeah, this was a, a good episode. So, uh, any last thoughts on this? No, it was all right. It definitely wasn't a bad show. Yeah, yeah, this was, this was, this, this was, uh, yeah, this was fine. Last but not least, Friday, the animated series. And this came out in June 2007. And this was some of the things that happened in the world. In the Amazon rainforest, a new tribe of indigenous people is discovered. The tribe is called Metictea and is a subgroup of the Kayapo tribe. If I said it wrong, I apologize. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, Russian novelist and historian, is awarded the state prize of the Russian Federation for his humanitarian work by President Putin. Gordon Brown becomes prime minister of the United Kingdom. Ratatouille was in the cinemas and Like This by Kelly Rowland and Eve was in the charts. 
Friday, the animated series. So this was an American adult animated TV series based on the Friday film series. The show is directed by Kevin Lofton and is co-produced by the New Line Television. Just like the original film settings, the series takes place in a modern South Central Los Angeles and follows the life of Craig Jones, his family, his best friend Smokey and the dilemmas they come across while living in a rundown, crime-ridden neighbourhood. Most of the characters from the film are in the series, but they are not voiced by their respective actors. However, they are voiced by veteran voice actors. Ice Cube, who played Craig Jones in the film, served as the series' exec producer. Friday, the film that is, yeah, it was a stoner comedy film franchise created by Ice Cube and DJ Pooh. The series takes place in South Central LA and follows the exploits of perpetually unemployed Craig Jones, who, along with his friends and relatives, are thrust into various issues that happen to occur on a Friday. Three films have been released. So the first film, Friday, came out in 1995, was a sleeper hit and garnered a large cult following. The film's success led to two sequels, Next Friday and Friday After Next, which were also box office successes. Now, I've seen Friday, but I've not seen Next Friday or Friday After Next. Yeah, I've seen all three of them, but when, but years ago. I can't remember any of what any any of it of what happened. Yeah, I watched Friday not that long ago actually because it's on Netflix. Oh, is it? Yeah, but I don't know. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't crazy about it. But it was one of these times when you had stupid movies coming out, like Dude, Where's My Car, and things like that. Like these absolutely stupid movies that make absolutely no sense. They're just there to kill time, and yeah. It's, it was born of those kind of same time. That's why that you know nowadays kind of give leave it, take it or leave it. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't like I don't I don't know. Cube has done a lot of good films. Uh, I, I guess Friday because Friday was a hit. It was it made it made a ton of money. It kind of got yeah people like Chris Tucker, Ice Cube on the map. You had um, yeah lots of like iconic characters born out of that film. And yeah, to be fair, it's 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 uh, it's all well and good. So yeah, you know, bye Felicia and and what have you. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the cartoon Friday, the animated series. I mean, it was very. There wasn't much to this show, to be honest. It just seemed a bit kind of like there wasn't wasn't a whole lot to write about. It kind of the stuff happened in it and then it finished. I don't really know what else to say about it. Yeah, I mean that yeah, just like the film really. It's just yeah, a couple of guys hanging out on a porch in South Central LA and yeah, that's that's about it really. Yeah. Like I said, this show was like the rest of them, they were all mid. And this one was probably the most mid-show mid, mid, mid yeah. out of out of the lot. This, this was alright. Again, not really much to say. So, uh, let's just go into episodes. Uh, right, so I watched the first one. Which was called Hardly Working. Yeah, Hardly Working. So the police pull up on a guy and he says, what can I do for <laughs> what can I do for your officers? And then they beat him up. So Craig's sleeping in because it's Friday. At the end of the week, he was told to get a job by the end of the week. Pop says, uh, bring in some money. Dana doesn't have because she's a te- in a technical institute. A uh, news report about a white woman gone missing and she's not seen, been seen for two hours. Uh, completely hilarious. Smoke 
Smokey and Craig talking outside. Big Mary comes. Haven't done anything but sit outside. One hour to find a job. No one wants to give him a job. Gets home and Pop's not happy. Pop kicks him out. They go to an army um, rec centre, a local recruitment centre. The man went to Iraq. Uh, he used to be a gangster, but now he's like completely messed up. So Craig goes to Smokey's house. He's breaking breaking news. A witness come forward and she was giving directions to a black man. Okay, this made me laugh. He's like, he was as black as the night, as black as the La Brea tar pits, as black as the colour of my true love's hair, as black as Wesley Snipes. Yeah, um, I did enjoy that bit. And then he, uh, there's another bit of movement after this. And he goes, he leaves his house. He gets sleep. So he leaves. He's sleeping at um, uh, what's his name, Smokey's house. And he, and he leaves. He's at the bus stop, and, and he goes. He fits the fits the description. And then he sees the description page, and it's like black comma male. And then so mum's mad because pops kick Craig out. They see him paper. They go to the court. The defense has lots of evidence. And then they, look, and they go, just look at him. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, he gets held on remand. Then the white woman that's got missing comes in and she was, a, she was at her sister's house babysitting. Uh, Craig gets let off. He's still kicked out because he needs a job. Her name was Susie Appleby. Oh, sorry. Smokey tells him he's got a job and then Pops is happy. They, they just tell him he got fired. It's fine. The next episode I watched was episode six, but I don't know what it was called. Oh, my, my episode was when Craig met Condi. So Condoleezza Rice. You, you, you don't know who Condoleezza Rice is? I've heard the name for sure, but I couldn't tell you. So why? But anyway, yeah, Craig and Smokey are outside their house and Pops is basically getting them to act like they're remote control. They, the news report says that Condoleezza Rice is missing and she's at an undisclosed location. Craig tries to get away, but Pops can still manage to call him and he's up within earshot still. Big Mary is a relative, is Condoleezza Rice, and she's talking to Craig. And Condoleezza is telling Craig that she's getting away from politics and she's surprised about how much she likes the hood. Craig takes a liking to Condi and she's getting stopped and searched by someone called Reggie. And he's like the local perp, but he's dressed up as a police officer. Condi wants to make it up to Craig by, and he's like, oh, she's like, if there's anything I could do, I will do it. And he's like, oh, bring our troops home. Nah, fight global warming. Nah. Okay, maybe take me out to dinner then. Okay, fine. Then they end up liking each other a lot. Smokey warns Craig about keeping up with Condoleezza and Craig trying to learn as much as he can. Smokey doesn't like Craig reading and he hates their relationship. Obviously, she goes to this, Condoleezza goes to the salon for a makeover. George Bush is doing a, a press conference saying that she's on location and he's obviously like, we can tap all the phones in America, but we can't find one black woman. What the hell's going on? Then Craig's family start to think that he's acting uppity. And Craig ends, he ends the relationship with Condoleezza and she's furious about it. She writes, I love you, Craig, on the grass, but obviously she still ain't taking it well. Pop is giving advice. And then after a while, Condoleezza says, look, she wants to break up. And Craig says he's cool with it. And then George Bush comes and he picks Condi up. And the last episode I watched was the finale, which was Uncle Craig's Cabin. Right, so mine was a bit before that. Um, so, right, so it's, it's April 20th and... 4.20. 4.20, yeah, apparently this is a holiday. So Smokey comes in to Craig's house while he's sleeping. Craig beats him up and then Pops comes in and beats him. So he can't hang with Smokey, he's got a job. Uh, Craig's working with his Uncle Al at a rib joint. 
Smokey and Craig fall out. Smokey sees himself from the future. So this is kind of a um, uh, Christmas Carol parody. He's taking him through the past, present, and future, and he takes him back to school. Craig has his back even at school. Craig gets into trouble because Smoke crashed his dad's car. Um, in the present, Craig has his job. Uncle Errol likes Craig working there. Then they go back to the past to prove Smokey wasn't the reason he didn't make the NFL, but he was. He didn't go to a match. He just sat on the porch and smoked. Then they go to the future. Craig has got a nice house, but he's married to a hood rat. And Smokey has to stop him doing well in his job so that he doesn't be unhappy, even though he's got stuff in the future. Pops goes to the river joints, fights with Elroy, Craig quits. They go and sit on the porch together. And that's the end of it. Yeah, that's how we know that we're like a good, sensible guy. Because obviously we're not really aware of the marijuana holiday, which was, yeah, 420. Oh, is it? oh, yeah, okay. I'm kind, of, kind of glad I didn't know about that then. Yeah, that's what that was. And yeah, Uncle Craig's cabin was the finale. And yeah, Smokey's having breakfast at Craig's house because he can't get it at home. Smokey and Craig are dossing about and Pops is back and he's talking about a dog and how this dog is terrorizing him. And he doesn't want to miss a day of work, but he's, he doesn't want to go and face the dog, but he wants Craig to do it instead. They have to basically do a, a day's work and they and they try and look for day laborers. But they'll see they turn around for better work. Then Craig and Smokey end up being stuck with day laborers. And meanwhile, the scary dog is peeing on Pop's garden. Craig is talking to someone called Alina. And she's uh, been sent back to Mexico three times, but always comes back. And Smokey's trying to leave, but Craig likes Alina. Then Craig and Smokey owe 38 bucks for eating strawberries and they have to basically be day laborers and work. Then Craig and Smokey run away and make it back to LA. They run into El Diablo dog and they put the chain on him. They let him go once he realizes that he has pups. And then they show like this thing about 20 years later how, because obviously pops wanted a plaque saying that, oh, I've been working at the service for this much years and be celebrated. Then apparently there's like a, a near perfect plaque and he gets attacked by the dog. And yeah, that was Friday. Yeah, you can tell it wasn't much to it. Are we blasted for our notes there? Just like it's just it's stuff happens and it finishes, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um all right then. So let's rank these shows then from three down to one. All right. Um so three was for me Friday animated series. I think it was had the least substance of the three. Uh Fillmore because it had some cool moments in it. Uh, and then obviously stop motion gave it loads of points, but I actually thought it was genuinely the funnier, more substantial show was the PJs. Okay, so for me, the PJs was third. Again, this was Eddie Murphy's weakest project, and yeah, it, it didn't do it for me really. Then second, it was Friday the animated series. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought this was again. Yeah, I, I I can't think of another word other than mid. So yeah, this was mid. And yeah, number one for me was Fillmore because it had the most sense and it was the most structured and looked like an actual cartoon. So I would say that's one for me. Oh, I'm surprised that we were so different this week, to be honest. I was for sure thinking PJs is going to get the top top marks, but yeah. no, no, no. It will. It, yeah, it, it it didn't it didn't do it for me. And yeah, that's the last of the Black History Month, and uh, we'll be back doing those in uh, February probably. So, uh, yeah. And on that note, I'll bring the episode to an end. Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. We're available on all of the podcast platforms. 
and if you turn on your notifications you'll be able to get new episodes in all the time and yeah you can check me out on the socials on yesterday's capers one on insta yesterday capers on twitter youtube.com forward slash yesterday's capers facebook.com forward slash yesterday's capers you can find me on the socials abdullah underscore merlim on instagram abdullah merlim on twitter Give me a holler, give me a shout, and join us next time for the Halloween edition of Yesterday's Capers.